lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for joining us here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. His name is Aaron McIntyre. What's your name? We'll find out later. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. Given what I have planned later today, I'm going to find out a lot of your names because you're going to get mad. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Keep that handy for later on at D-E-A-C-E when you send me your excuse. I'm sorry. Um, replies. We'll go with that word. Uh, you can also uh, like me on Facebook, at least for now. Uh, over on our new MeWe page, it's Steve Dace at both of those places. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can go to our new YouTube channel and get samples of this show that you can sample and then share with others if you would like. And then follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show and over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Two weeks from today <clears throat> is a very big day. Whether my kids are going to have a Christmas will be determined. Now, the early returns are looking good when it looks at, when we look at the audible sales and the uh, the pre-sales. But the early returns were looking good in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, <clears throat> and Georgia as well. Right? Okay. No need for a recount. You think? You uh, think? Uh, say that again. No need for a recount. What, what I need? I need some. Uh, I need some book harvesting. <laughs> All right. I need Amazon to wake up like tomorrow. About 3 a.m. Oh, look, there's 50,000 sales for this day's book. Where did this come from? You know what I'm saying? I do. All right. So if if you want to get your copy now so that you get it the day it's released. Oh, if you want an autographed copy. Now, we've, we've gotten requests for these the last couple of books. But frankly, I, I hadn't sold enough books to justify our publisher doing this. But now I have. We now have the ability to provide you autographed copies no matter where you live, anywhere in the country, if you want one. So thank you guys uh, for purchasing enough books that this is now a justified outlay for the publisher. All right, if you want an autographed copy, how you can get one of those, it's the post that's pinned to my Twitter feed, at Steve Day Show, uh, and on my Facebook and MeWe pages as well. If you just search for Steve Dace, you'll see the pinned post there on how you can get an autographed copy. Uh, some smart aleck today on, we, on, on MeWe said, man, this is just relentless marketing. When will this stop? And I told him, when you buy it. That's when it will stop. Wait two weeks. Yeah. Well, that's actually apropos in this case because it comes out in two weeks. But yes. Do you even Steve Dace, bro? Yes. Wait two more weeks. Do you even wait two more weeks, bro? Do you even do that? That's just the answer to anything. Honey, tonight, wait two more weeks. That is the answer for everything. Son, you get a study for that test? Wait two more weeks. Well, the test is tomorrow. Wait two more weeks, dad. That is the answer for everything. All right, coming up at the bottom of the hour on today's show, Dr. Scott Atlas, formerly now of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, he will be joining us to tell us why he is uh, formally with the task force and the latest news on the virus. That's coming up at the bottom of this hour. Next hour, fake news or not, is going to make you mad. Good. Because you're not mad enough. Oh, you think you are, but you're not. You're not. 
So I'll I'll see if I can stoke that righteous indignation at least a little bit. Coming up uh, at uh, the top of hour two with fake news or not, because I think we have a, a new a, a new nominee for fake news, maybe even fake news of the year. But I'll 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 explain that coming up next hour, and then for Pop Culture Tuesday. Apparently, this is the greatest squib kick in the history of intercollegiate football. And it's, you know, it's it's a strategy that most teams deploy coming out of the locker room at the half behind. Just kick the ball straight up or kick the ball on the ground and give the team 40 yards of free field position. We do that in football all the time, right? You see that every Saturday, right? Yes. Well, apparently that happened for Vanderbilt, who then turned around and fired their coach. And this somehow became uh, I am woman, hear me roar. And how many daughters do you and I have between the two of us? That would be six. Six. So do we know a little bit or two about female empowerment? I mean, you've met my oldest numerous times, right? Does, Does she strike you as unopinionated? She does not. Shrinking violet at all? No. Damsel in distress? No. Handmaid's Tale? Does she strike you as that? Nah. Yeah. And she couldn't give a wit about this story. So we'll we'll talk about that coming up in Pop Culture Tuesday. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Arizona. The Trump campaign held another public hearing for witness testimony on voter fraud, this time in the Grand Canyon state. Trump himself called in to the hearing. You have a governor named Ducey who just rushed, good to go faster. He just rushed to sign certificates so that Kelly gets into the Senate as soon as possible. What's that all about? He didn't have to sign. And I say, why would he sign when you have these incredible hearings going on that's showing such corruption and such horrible fraud. One witness said she saw truckloads of ballots continue to come into her Arizona polling location multiple times after she thought they were done. The Wednesday before the Friday that we quit voting, so 10, 10 days before they quit tabulating, they thought they were done. And, I, and then more truckloads of ballots would come in, and I'm like... How can you not know how many ballots are still out there? Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm sorry. Would you repeat that? <laughs> yeah. They thought they were done. They thought they were and done then multiple there was times. A, there yeah. was what? Multiple times. The people that were running the rooms thought they were done or almost done or were going to be done Wednesday morning, then Thursday morning, then Friday morning. Then it went on the whole next week. And I'm like, I, I, I asked the question, I'm like, you don't know how many ballots are still left to come in? COVID news. The CDC now admits Wuhan coronavirus was likely here since mid-December. A new trove of documents leaked to <clears throat> CNN shows China underreported its COVID-19 numbers and didn't disclose a spike in flu cases in its Hubei province in December. Things are really bad in California. So bad, in fact, that a COVID testing site at Union Station in Los Angeles was shut down in order to film a remake of the movie She's All That. Mayor Eric Garcetti quickly reversed course there. Speaking of Southern California local politicians, L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Keel voted last Tuesday to ban all outdoor dining, calling it, quote, 
a most dangerous situation. Just a few days later, she reportedly dined outdoors at a posh restaurant in Santa Monica. San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo spent Thanksgiving at his parents' home going against his own guidelines for how his residents should spend the holidays. Licardo tweeted around Thanksgiving, quote, Cases are spiking in part because we're letting our guard and masks down with family and friends. Let's cancel the big gatherings this year and focus on keeping each other safe. Dr. Deborah Burke says, If your family traveled, you have to assume that you were exposed and you became infected and you really need to get tested in the next week and you need to avoid anyone in your family with comorbidities or, or over 65. Dr. Anthony Fauci says, reopen the schools. Close the bars and keep the schools open is what we really say. Obviously, you don't have one size fits all, but as I said in the past and as you accurately quoted me, The default position should be to try as best as possible within reason to keep the children in school or to get them back to school. Here's what he was saying back in August. There may be some areas that the level of virus is so high that it would not be prudent to bring the children back to school. So you can't make one statement about bringing children back to school in this country. Dr. Scott Atlas announced he's resigning from his capacity as special advisor to the president on coronavirus. In his resignation note, Atlas talks about the work done to push for school reopening and says, quote, we also identified and illuminated early on the harms of prolonged lockdowns, including that they create massive physical health losses and psychological distress, destroy families and damage our children. And more and more, the relatively low risk to children of serious harms from the infection and the less frequent spread from children, the presence of immunologic protection beyond that shown by antibody testing, and the severe harms from closing schools and society are all being acknowledged, end quote. Woke News, you may remember that video I featured during a montage last week featuring a mother and her son going to a religious ceremony and celebrating the son's supposed switch to being a girl. Well, it turns out there's more to the story. Every day, first thing I do when I wake up is uh, go to Facebook memories and delete any mention of him being a girl and change pronouns back to he if it shows up. There's this whole little precious time in his childhood that is like a dark secret, which in retrospect, I can't believe that happened. It was a huge mistake. Children are not transgender. He's a boy. He was born a boy. He's always been a boy. He'll always be a boy. And maybe there are people who actually are and that's probably a mental disorder. And that's what happened while we were away. That is that the most encouraging video of the entire year? Yeah. Which just shows you what the year has been, yeah, by the way. Yeah, but, 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 but could that be the most encouraging video? Who did that video? Where, how'd that come out? That's uh, Well, it's actually part of the same HBO transhood documentary, as I understand. It just didn't go that. It didn't go viral. Didn't go. So viral. they actually included that in there. That's what my understanding okay. is. Okay. Yeah. Right. That, 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 that might be the most encouraging I'll video take of it. the year. I'll, I'll tell you, though, if you do a Google search for HBO Phoenix transhood, that part of the story is not. Yeah, they, they kind of buried the lead. Yeah. Kind of like, remember that story in L.A.? Was it, w, was it KNBC? One of the L.A. affiliates out there had the story of the 13-year-old boy who died of COVID-like symptoms. You remember mm-hmm. this? We had that story at the time. It was several months ago. And then they buried the lead in the middle that, uh, well, the kid had already tested negative for the virus. You had that. Again, we had that exact same story uh, emerge in another, I think it was the New York Post actually ran that story, didn't they? And I think it was in yeah. New York yesterday. Same exact story all over again. And then they put it in the headline and then bury in the lead that 
uh, bury the lead that he was ne- had tested negative. It's the year of assume you're being lied to. So yeah, bury the lead is implied. Hey, one thing you don't want to be lied to, though, is about securing your own home. You don't want to end up getting a crash course in what's called home title theft. Now, this is where cyber thieves find your home's title online, and so they forge your signature on a quitclaim deed stating that you sold your home to them, and then that lets them now, as the new owners, take out loans against your home until your equity is gone, and you may not even find out about this until the collection notices start arriving, maybe even an eviction notice, and chances are your homeowner's insurance nor your mortgage lender can protect you. But thankfully, there is home title lock to do that for you, and in the unlikely event that you become a victim of title theft while a member, home title Title Lock will spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's title. So go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and register your address to see if you're already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com. And then while you're there, use the code RADIO, code RADIO, in order to get 30 free days of protection with code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, coming up in the overtime later today. Uh, And that's the mini bonus episode for our subscribers that we tape after every one of our daily broadcasts. And then it gets uploaded later in the day. You can watch that at your convenience once it shows up on the site. Uh, We are going to have a special guest with us for the overtime today. You do not want to miss this. Julie Kelly at American Greatness is going to join us. And she has done some phenomenal work. I mentioned yesterday, I I just, I, I can't, I can't do it. I mean, the amount of information I have to digest in order to wrap my mind completely around all of the various voter fraud information and disinformation out there would require an obsessive level. And I got, you know, a long-term listener to the show said, Hey, this is the topic we are the most interested. So you should do that. Like you did COVID. I can't, you know why? Cause COVID was a fixed target. Meaning you people either test positive or they don't see what I'm saying. It's a, it's a fixed target. So I could go, the data is not corrupted. What you're being told about it is. I've been able to cite all this data all year long. Like right now, I can't tell you what is going on in Sweden. I don't know. I, I have seen multiple reports and accounts of, did they have they locked down again? Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe it was a cursory lockdown. Maybe it's just after 10 p.m. And you and I were just talking about this yesterday, sure. right? There's all kinds, unless I got in a plane and went to Sweden or knew somebody on the ground there, There's all kinds of varying reports about what the current Swedish government policy with coronavirus is. But when you go and look at the data for Sweden, hasn't really changed. Their cases have gone up, but their death rate is still demonstrably lower than the rest of the European unions at the moment. Their case rate is still demonstrably lower than the rest of the European Union. See, the data is a fixed thing that I can wrap my mind around and analyze for you. This what's going on with the election fraud is not the Swedish data. It's the Swedish government position where there's multiple reports, conflicting reports. Um, and, and I have to do a show. I have other work I have to do. I can't devote my life to, uh, to this story because that's what it would take. Thankfully, there are people, though, that have the time and ability to do that. And we're going to talk to one of them. Julie Kelly of American Greatness is going to join us in the overtime today. To give us the latest update on what is going on. You do not want to miss this conversation. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go so that you don't. 
and get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go to watch this later on if you're already a subscriber. Thank you. That's also where you can go to watch this later on when it gets posted later today at blazetv.com slash dace. Um, question I want to ask. Let's get to your montage now, Aaron. Everything is the same. Everything is the same. Um, all the same data anomalies. All the same voter dumps late in the evening. Everything is the same. Nothing has changed. But we're going to reverse. We're going to reverse the direction. Donald Trump is now the benefactor of what's being discussed. He's being declared the president-elect from the likes of Newsmax and the the Bla- and Blaze TV, etc. Okay? But everything's the same. What we think we know, what we don't think we know, it's all this all the same all the same questions, but the direction it's coming from is put in res- reverse. The result is the opposite of what we're currently saying. Does anybody believe Democrat governors in decisive states or Democrat state legislatures in decisive states would be certifying these elections, certifying these votes? No, and the press would be insisting they didn't, and people would be out burning down cities once again to make sure that it didn't happen. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, And if you believe otherwise, then, man, I've got a face shield manufacturing plant in Wuhan, China to sell you. I mean, it just... And by the way, why is Debbie Burks on TV with a mask and Anthony Fauci is not? I mean, what... Just a clown show, man. A clown car connected to a clown train being driven by a clown 747 attached to 75 clown tanks headed for Clownistan. That's what that is. Okay. Goodness. But back to the... (laughs) Back to the matter at hand. So no one that is a sentient being in the nine realms, right? No one that's a sentient being within the nine realms that's being honest. Maybe if they're lying to you or gaslighting, but if they're being honest, if we, if we gave them the Wonder Woman lasso of truth or some Sony and Penethal or Benny Hinn slain them in the spirit, no one being honest, no sentient being within the nine realms No carbon-based life form with full motor function and an IQ above what? 12? In all of the multiverse would say otherwise, right? Right. Okay. After those events occurred yesterday that Aaron put on video. now, Now, these are people testifying under oath to the Arizona State Legislature. Do we know if what they're saying is true? I I don't know. Do you know? No. 
we, we could not know, right? We don't have subpoena power. We don't have that kind of investigative authority. Can you, can you think, hmm, uh, can you think of a body in the state of Arizona that might have such abilities, opportunities to find out if something is true or not? Can you think of one? Sure. Could it be maybe that very same state legislature in Arizona, that very same one? Yes. How about maybe a governor? Because the governor is the head of which branch of government in a state? Any, anybody? Which it, branch? That would be the executive. The executive branch. What is the root word of executive, ladies and gentlemen? Execute. Which means whose job is it to execute and vis-a-vis uphold the laws of a state. Whose ultimate job is it in any state? Who is it? Whose ultimate job would it be? The governor. The governor, because he's the head of the branch that executes and upholds said laws, right? He's the sheriff. Yeah, he is. He's the he's Nottingham, you bet. Now, do you think it's possible? Again, I'm trying to give everybody as much benefit of the doubt as I possibly can. Do you think it is possible that Arizona Governor Doug Ducey was just not aware this went on yesterday? Didn't watch. Uh, You know, he's got a state with a high retiree community. Uh, We've got a pandemic going on that targets the elderly, right? Could could he have been busy, um, you know, serving on the front lines of the COVID in the COVID colonies? Could he have been doing that and just, you know, um, didn't have time? Or was unawares of what people were testifying under oath on television in his state was occurring. Is, the, is it possible, do you think? I think is we've it run possible out. he was in line for a PS5? I think we've run out of the benefit of the doubt. I, I'm trying because it is the Christmas season. Because I got to tell you right now, You're a giver. I'm, I'm a, I, am, I am not a selfish lover, okay? But even I, in all my well-established magnanimity, um, even I get to the point of zero F's given. And I have to tell you that right now, folks, I'm into negative integers. Okay. Like zero seems months ago to me. That might be the theme of next year. Negative integers. Yes. Or zero F's given might be the theme of next year. I am there. Okay. Negative integers given. You know, I'm I'm I am like Jonah in that great scene in the VeggieTales version of the Jonah story, where he just pops a top and sits across the street from Nineveh under the shade, waiting for the sulfur to drop. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm at. It's not necessarily good. It's not all that Christmassy, but it also is honest. It's it's where I am after what we've endured this year, the level of gaslighting that I have had to expose this year. Um, and then the routine proctology exam I receive from the <coughs> Facebook fact checkers. Yep, yeah, I'm there. Like we're going out to eat, and I'm like, please, please. Please, somebody step to me, please. And I'll, I'm, I'm 47 years old. I might get my ass beat now, but you know what? We're going to find out. 
I the the level of excess testosterone and frustration I have that is dying for an outlet. Am I alone in this? Oh no. It is it is it is I get up in the morning and I am looking looking for someone to invade my space. So I'm trying. I am trying trying to find benefit of the doubt. Is it possible that Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, Republican, was just unaware of the fantastical testimony under oath that went on in his state yesterday? Could there be, is it possible? Could you come up with a reason that he might have missed this? I'm going to quote the great Steve Dace. No. No? Because you know what he turned around and did after this testimony? Do you guys know what he did? He um, certified the election. That's what he did. Now again, all these people might be lying. They might be, I don't know. And if they are, you get a cell and you get a cell and you get a cell, right? I'm, are you okay with that? I'm totally fine with it. Like, I just want somebody thrown in a jail cell right now. I don't even care. I don't care which side it is. I just want to see, I need to see people behind bars. Okay? I just need to see it. So if they're lying, I'm okay if they're all lying. Then we know that, and we we throw the book at them, right? Yes. Okay. But do we know that? No. No. Do you know any, Do are you any more confident in the Arizona election result? Then you were 24 hours ago. No. No. Again, who would, would have the authority to provide that resolution? To get us to closure, who would it be in the state of Arizona? Who would it be? That would be Dougie. That would be Dougie. Yeah, Dougie Fresh. But he just can't be bothered. So, he thought after what he saw and transpired in a state legislature yesterday and was on national television, he thought, you know, guys, I I think really the only reasonable response to this is just to go ahead and close the book on this thing and let's all just move on. Let me tell you what I'm really looking forward to. You want to know what it is? I I mean, I can't wait for this. What's going to happen the next few years is I'm either going to disappear to never be heard from again Because I'm not going to burn bridges, folks. I'm going to freaking singe them. Singe them. Singe them. All the gaslighting being thrown my way, I am going to return it. I am going to, though, douse the ground you all are walking on and just strike a match. Again and again. So in the next few years, we're either, remember that crazy Steve Dace guy, or... People will say, we want more of that. You like it. And you want more of it. And we blow up even more. Because I'm just beyond it now. I don't care. I don't know what else I would do for a living. I'm really not that good at anything else. I just know this. I don't work for Facebook. And I don't work for Twitter. And I don't work for five guys at National Review. 
And I just, and I don't want the job. And if that's what I have to do, I don't want it. And so on my way out the door, strike up the Bon Jovi, blaze of glory, baby. Highest body count I can accumulate. Aaron's got great technical skills. I'm, he'll land on his feet. I don't know what the hell you'll do, Erzin, you know? I mean, you've burned more bridges than me at this point. So, I mean, you're <laughs> totally screwed. But um, I, I'm, I just, I don't care enough about my name or money to just allow the stench of this to go on. I just don't. So, no. What I'm really looking forward to is when I am told in 2022, I have to, quote, save America, unquote, by voting for the same Republicans in that election who just couldn't be bothered with potential voter fraud in this election. Oh, man, my nipples are hard right now, not just because it's like 10 degrees outside and 20 degrees, Glenn Beck degrees in here. Um, it, it, I'm just, I can't wait. I mean, I cannot wait. I can't wait because I'm going to club all of you. All of you. And if we were friends before, I don't care. And if we're not friends later, I don't care. I don't care even more. I don't care. I am just going to unload. Because you know what? If we're just going to lose our civilization, then I've got some scores to settle on the way out the door. Almost that time, one of my favorite times of the day. Built Bar time. I, I promise you, you have never, ever, ever had a protein bar this good. There, there are candy bars you've eaten that are not this good. And they have now well over 20 flavors. They've added a whole new white chocolate line as well. Every one of these is covered in chocolate. You don't want to miss out on Built Bar. All right. 130 calories a bar. And it's going to taste like a candy bar. It has the texture of one even has the texture of like a three musketeers bar with that soft center. It, it's just not like you're going to be like, there's no way this is a protein bar, except it is up to 17 grams uh, plus of protein in every bar, less than five grams of sugar in every bar as well. Right now, take advantage of it. Go to builtbar.com. That's the only place where you can get America's best protein bar at builtbar.com. B-U-I-L-T. I, I'm, I've got waiting for me. They put out for Breast Cancer Awareness Month a whole new line of like strawberry ones that are supposedly really good. And I've not tried them yet. So that's what I have waiting for me at the top of the hour. I'm looking forward to trying it. All right. Builtbar.com. B-U-I-L-T for builtbar.com. Use my name, Dace, as your promo code to get your secret Santa savings. When you go to builtbar.com, again, that's builtbar.com. Do we have Dr. Scott Atlas? We do not. Had him right before we came back to the segment. All right, so we'll we'll see if we can reconnect with him. Obviously, the, the first question to ask is, why did he resign? What do you think the answer is? 
Well, uh, with the with Trump, in fact, losing, and Fauci has clearly been ascendant again in some fashion, got some spring in his step. Um, I think it's just like I've done what I can do. Well, let's find out. Straight from the horse's mouth himself, Dr. Scott Atlas, Stanford University, formerly with the White House Coronavirus Task Force, is with us. Scott, it's good to have you back with us on Blaze TV, brother. How are you? Okay, thanks for having me. So let's start there. Um, first of all, Merry Christmas, but let's start with the announcement you made yesterday to step away from the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Why did you make that decision, Scott? Oh, well, it's very simple. My 130-day term as a special government employee is ending this week. So that it was a temporary position, an advisory position to the president, and that was the terms of that position. What can you tell us about where things stood in the battle against the virus when you walked into that job 130 days ago and where things stand now 130 days later? Well, uh, I, I, my, my, uh, my role really was to provide uh, a policy advice to the president based on the science uh, and uh, that policy advice always was not just using the science uh, directly, the data, the, the up-to-date data. It always was also taking into account the harms from the pandemic itself and the policies. That's what a public policy person does. That's what anyone in a leadership position should do. And that wasn't what was understood or uh, being considered as much before I came there. So uh, that 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 was my role. And, you know, we, we did uh, quite a bit to do. Uh, number one, uh, really target the protection to high risk individuals to the people who are the most vulnerable. And that was always a, a an intent of everyone in the White House, including the president. And I think we stepped that up tremendously uh, with uh, more uh, careful monitoring of the situation in nursing homes and assisted living facilities, tying, monitoring, and intensifying testing uh, to protect high-risk seniors, particularly when there was a clinical uh, indication that uh, there were more cases in the community. We uh, prioritized tens of millions of tests to nursing homes, uh, new state-of-the-art tests. Uh, we prioritized uh, PPE to nursing homes. We prioritized and in, uh, sort of uh, in, in, uh, instituted something new, which was uh, not just protecting people inside nursing homes who were seniors, but alerting uh, seniors living independently in the community. You know, we tied uh, infection control programs to nursing homes with hospitals. A lot of that work was done uh, by SEMA Verma and CMS. Uh, we really uh, also put forward a rational way to safely open schools because keeping uh, children away from in-person schools is enormously harmful. Uh, and, you know, we also uh, made sure that everybody in, in the country really understood uh, that there was a way to open schools, that the cost of not opening schools, of continuing lockdowns was enormously helpful, not just on massive uh, health issues that were being skipped, <clears throat> but also on uh, psychological distress and mental health. Uh, it was very destructive and is destructive to have prolonged lockdowns on families. It, it sacrifices our children 
and it's particularly harmful to people in the working class and the poor. Uh, as one of my colleagues uh, who, uh, you know, I was always being advised, of course, by the, some of the world's top epidemiologists at Harvard, at Oxford University, all over the country and all over the world. One of my colleagues at Oxford was uh, commonly saying lockdowns are a luxury of the rich. And, uh, you know, I think that's very important. Uh, you know, as a public policy person, your goal is to look at society uh, and, and try to introduce the best policies for the best public good. And I, I think, uh, you know, we were very successful in, in trying to do that. It's very challenging. There's no, no question. <clears throat> the other thing I want to say is that, you know, all the positive things, all the timelines that the president put forward, that I put forward, uh, that were also pilloried about the timelines for the vaccines under Operation Warp Speed, which was an enormous success, historic success by the president and the team and the, and the individuals who actually did the work on Operation Warp Speed, who are not the people who go on TV, who are not the people whose names are, are well known. But the vaccine timelines, the drug timelines that we put forward were exactly correct. The data about children having low risk and not being frequent uh, spreaders were exactly correct. The data that uh, basically uh, protection against infection was not completely shown by just a level of antibody testing. That was exactly correct. Everything that, that I said really was exactly correct based on the science and the advice about the lockdowns and the serious harms from the lockdowns is now being acknowledged. So I think we need to, you know, move forward as a country. There's a lot of things that are happening that are positive. Of course, uh, it's a tragedy when so many people die. But, you know, we, we, we know about the virus. We know that the infection fatality rate is much lower than we thought. We know that the in-hospital stays are much, much shorter. We know that less people die when going into the hospital. We know that most of the people getting the, the infection are otherwise healthy, younger people that do not have a significant problem. And so, uh, you know, we are, uh, we're seeing some, you know, we're going to see delivery of vaccine uh, in a matter of a couple of weeks here. Uh, that's an enormous success from the administration and from Operation Warp Speed, and I think people should feel good about that. Well, there's two things I want to ask you about here, but before I get there, I just want to say this in, in reply to everything you just laid out for our audience. And I've said this to them I'm, I'm about you. I'm just going to say it to you uh, in front of them. Um, I, I, I can't thank you enough for the work that you did on that task force, and you've done this entire year. And, and frankly, I think that this year would have gone a lot differently uh, on many fronts, if you would have been on that task force a lot longer, if your 130 days would have expired sooner than here uh, at, at, at the beginning of December. And so I just wanted to say before we ran out of time later, thank you very much for everything you have done and all the effort you've put in and all the crap, frankly, you've taken for following the science as well. I wanted to get a chance to say that directly to you, Scott. So thank you. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, you know the, the, the people working there were working very hard. I didn't walk into my first task force meeting until August 12th. Uh, so, you know, uh, a lot of things happened before then. Uh, and, you know, everybody works very hard. I think, uh, you know, we just want the best for the country. And, you know, we, we you know, uh, of course, uh, you know, the new team that comes in, uh, I, I, I wish them the very best. 
because we all want the best for the country. I, I do want to say something, and I don't know if you'll ask me or not, but I think one of the bigger issues, there are some fundamental issues here that are uh, beyond the pandemic that I think we have to look at as a society. And one of them is uh, the ability to have the free exchange of ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, in America and its universities, uh, I think we need to make sure that we have the free exchange of ideas because that is how science uh, ends up having uh, forming its truths. Okay, when we cannot have the free exchange of ideas without intimidation, without rebuke, without trashing someone's reputation, uh, I think we're in serious trouble because yep. we need that exchange of ideas to come to the truth, to solve the pandemic, to solve any further crisis. And frankly, the exchange of ideas to ultimately arise at science and truth is the basis of any any civilization. And so I think uh, it goes beyond <clears throat> the tremendous harms to individuals' reputations that is unacceptable. And it goes to what the basis of democracy and, and really our whole country is. I think we have to be very cognizant of, of what happened here. Amen to everything you just said. Okay, I've got five minutes left and I have two big picture questions I need to ask you about moving forward. Because when a new team comes in, depending on if the president's election challenges are upheld or in the more likely scenario that they are not and Joe Biden is sworn in, I think these two things I'm going to ask you about are where there is going to be a lot of debate going forward about what our public policy should be. The first time we had you on this show, I asked you how confident you were that because we were still doing the whole 15 days to flatten the curve. And hey, how can you flatten a curve if you don't know when it began? When did the virus arrive? Because that's a big question. It, it changes the IFR, the CFR, everything. All right. And and what we've seen in the last 24 hours in it from in, in our news cycles is we have seen graphics where the flu has literally just disappeared from all statistical modeling. It's just like gone, disappeared. And now the Wall Street Journal is saying that CDC scientists believe that they can go back to pre-Christmas of last year with, with COVID being here already circulating in the United States. Now that we are more, we're further into the data on this, and I can understand why when we first had you on last spring, that's a tough question to tackle. But is that a, is that a question that we must know the answer to? When did it arrive? Because I think it shows a lot of these mitigation strategies that we're still discussing and debating. Um, I think that determines a lot about what their future effectiveness would be if it was already here circulating before we had media awareness of it. What are your thoughts on that, Scott? Well, I think we can say that, uh, you know, the, the lockdowns uh, don't, don't work. I mean, you, you do the lockdown and the virus doesn't go away. Uh, the infection does not disappear. It doesn't magically go away. All the countries have cases exploding through their mandates, through their lockdowns. We see it all over the country. We see it all over the world. Uh, we do not really see differences in states that did that did open versus those that had <clears throat> mandates and closures. So, uh, you know, the question of when things uh, first started is still under debate. And I don't have a, you know, a, a strong way to, to factually say when things started. And I don't, I don't really like to speculate. I like to go by what we know as much as we do know, because we know quite a bit. Uh, but we do know that these policies, uh, you know, the, the, the ultimate policy is to protect the high-risk people and the cost uh, of not opening society to lives, to mm -hmm. lives lost, is enormous. Mm -hmm. So 
the right strategy. And this is a strategy that I endorsed that was endorsed by thousands of the of epidemiologists and public health scientists all over the world. It is the data. It is uh, not everyone may agree, but, you know, some of the best epidemiologists in the world from Harvard and Oxford and other universities and other researchers, the people that do the research signed on to that sort of targeted high level protection of high risk people. And we know that opening society uh, is essential to protect people, to save lives, to save our children. It's, it's a complete fallacy to think that locking down somehow gets rid of the virus and uh, didn't do the harms. And this was the, the huge failure of public policy has been the lack of awareness that the lockdowns, the policies themselves destroy people. That is a failure. That is an epic proportion failure. It, it, it should never have been stop COVID-19 at all costs. These people are completely wrong. They may never admit they're wrong, <clears throat> but you know that, that it's not about being right. It's about doing the right thing. Well said. Final question. I've got about a minute for a hard break. <clears throat> you probably can't answer in a minute, but if you give me something, I would appreciate it. Several months ago, the New York Times did a huge story on the sensitivity of our PCR testing with the threshold for a positive test was. We have seen scores of false positives in the NFL where they have some of the best private health care in the country. Penn State football reported a few weeks ago they have had 44 false positives within their football program. Are we overblowing this with the sensitivity level that we are putting on our testing in America? Well, the, the answer is, of course, uh, because the testing that's done using a technique called PCR uh, detects both infectious, contagious people as well as uh, pieces of virus that are neither contagious nor even uh, functional. So they get pieces of dead virus. Uh, you know, this, this is a kind of esoteric stuff that uh, has now made its way into, into popular discussion, which is good. That is that the PCR tests themselves, depending upon the way you do them, uh, are showing basically false positives. And so uh, that's, that's done enormous harm. You're confining people that are not contagious. Uh, you're stopping people from working who are not contagious. And in a sense, it's a false positive. The newer antigen tests uh, are typically detecting people who have contagious virus. So that's very different. But you know, there's been a, a tremendous amount of scientific error done and even uh the new york times uh, has written about this uh yeah and i say the word even intentionally so <laughs> yes there's been a tremendous amount of misinformation and bad science perpetrated onto the public and it's been extraordinarily harmful dr scott atlas stanford university we uh, don't be a stranger we still want to talk to you every now and then brother god bless you and merry christmas all right we have to go all right. Thank you for the time. You Appreciate bet. It. And thank you for everything you've done uh, for the country this year, no doubt. We'll come back with hour two here in a moment. Back with hour two, and I am happy. I can confirm that new, that Built Bar strawberry one. Wow. That was great. Back with Hour 2 here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Don't forget, 
Lots of ways that you can let us know what you think about what we think. First of all, just directly email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook, our new MeWe page. Check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash stevedace. Follow us on Twitter at Show. over on Parler at stevedace. So a lot of opportunities for you to engage now with us. And then also, if you are a podcast listener, we love you too. Just please return the love. Hit that subscribe button wherever you podcast from if you haven't done it yet. Give us a five-star review if you haven't done that yet either. The more of those we get, the more it helps the podcast to grow. Thanks to each and every one of you. All right, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Pop Culture Tuesday. And we're going to look at what is apparently the greatest squib kick in the history of foosball. All right, so we're going to get to that coming up in the bottom of the hour. But let's get to fake news or not, brought to you by Tommy John. You know, this year has been pretty uncomfortable at times, almost everywhere. But as long as you're wearing Tommy John underwear, there's one place that you can count on being comfortable. And that's in your most sensitive regions. You can shop their extended Cyber Monday sale. They've extended it to today right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list yourself, both with Tommy John's men's and women's. Say goodbye to the old stained sweatpants. Their loungewear is soft, guaranteed to fit comfortably. I've got some of that as well. I'm a big fan of this product, too. Uh, and this is another one where I have delved into my own pockets, even after getting free samples. I have delved into my own pockets to buy more of. That's all I have now. It's just Tommy John underwear. I got rid of all my stuff. That's how much better, how much more superior this product is. Uh, their sweatpants, uh, their loungewear, they're absolutely, uh, uh, I wouldn't call them like luxurious because I'm a, a straight dude. They're comfortable. Is that okay? I'll let it go. Yeah. Like if I put on some sweatpants and walked in here with those guys and said, these just are luxurious. Please tell me it whip my ass. I would be happy to. Thank you. Thank you. All right. It'd be an honor. I, I needed to know that. Thank you. All right. So there's no risk with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. So, so shop Tommy John's extended Cyber Monday sale now. Make sure your gifts arrive before the holidays. 25% off site-wide. Everything on the site, 25% off. When you go to Tommy John, just like it sounds, tommyjohn.com slash Steve. Again, 25% off everything on the entire site. Trust me, you won't regret it. Tommyjohn.com slash Steve. So fake news or not, um, I think, you know, Glenn has been talking a lot about the great reset, right? The left is lining up for America, that they progressives the elites have lined up for really not just america really when you look at it but the entire west or what you know we call it western civilization now but if you want to know what it really means it really means christendom that's really what it means but we call it western civilization to be inclusive in a you know e pluribus unum kind of way right sure but that's really what it means is christendom that's really what it means but we call it western civilization to be more inclusive and now, of course, you can't even say Western civilization because then just means you're some kind of patriarchal, uh, heteronormative uh, uh, tyrant, right? But Glenn's been talking a lot, and I know you guys are watching because I'm getting the emails, about the Great Reset. If you're listening to us on Blaze Radio, even heard a promo for his, his uh, program this Wednesday night's going to be more on the Great Reset. I think at least maybe just for today, maybe just for this week. Fake news or not, needs a great reset. 
because I originally got into this business to slay progressivism, the spirit of the age, the heresy of this era. I think our show was the very first one to make the religious connection and point out that this is not a relig- this is not a political movement. It is a cult. It is the rival religious viewpoint of this era, right? We've yes. been talking about that for years, and all kinds of people are talking about it. Unfortunately, I had to take a detour on, on, on BSville, and I've spent a lot more of my time just calling BS. That's, that's a scam, that's a scam, that's a scam, that is, that is, right? To the point that we even created this whole segment just to expose scams in the media every week. And then what happened is it got so bad in the mainstream of our media, or as Mark Levin now calls it, the Democrat media. It's not even the left. It's just partisan Democrat media now. It got so bad over there, we just kind of gave up, right? We were yeah. just kind of like, I mean, really, at this point, it's, it's, it's fact-checking Pravda in, the, in, in 87. It's fact-checking Al Jazeera post 9-11. What is the point of this? You know, I mean, are you are you fact checking uh, Hamas? No. Are you fact checking Iran? And for those of you that think, hey, that's really extreme talk. I don't know. I mean, did you did you see people supportive of the <clears throat> president elect's foreign policy team or on it come out and push back on assassinating Iran's chief? Nuclear, is it general scientist? I can't remember. I mean, I'm thinking, why'd we stop there? Right? I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. I mean, why, 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 why? And I, don't, I, Steve, are you saying we did this? I'm saying I'm. I hope that we did. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I hope that we did. Uh, and whoever is responsible for it, by all means, um, work your way down the list. That's that's my position. Um, bring that sword of righteousness against the evildoers. For those of you in your nicer-than-God realm, I just threw some scripture at you. By all means, bring that sword. More cowbell. But, I mean, we saw even the former director of the CIA, John Brennan, even come out and say publicly over the weekend, this was a criminal act, and, you know, soon there will be a new administration. He's basically saying, hey, we're soon going to have a pro-Iran administration, right? That's that's effectively what the former director of the CIA is saying. And doesn't that give you a warm fuzzy that at any point in time, he could just have complete and total knowledge of everywhere you've been on your mobile phone when he had that job, right? Traitor much? Anyway, anywho, um, we have been through a lot of fake news this year. We had to give up on the mainstream media. And it, I mean, there was so much fake news being thrown at us from places like Fox and other places that we had to start fact checking the people wearing our own uniforms. Right? Yes, we, we, we've done that for the last couple of years now. Right. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, it, it occurred to me yesterday. I love this slow drive into the ditch you're doing. It's you like fantastic. This? Yeah. It, it occurred to me yesterday that there could very well be staring us right in the face. That's why I was making sure my glasses weren't fogged up. Looking good. All right. It occurred to me that there could be 
And I was disappointed to hear this news. I want you to know. Okay. But it occurred to me that there could be the fakiest fake of fake news staring us right in this face this entire time, and we were just missing out on it. And I thought, I just, I wouldn't be doing my job if we didn't point it out. So I want to show you two things. First of all, I want to show you a clip from Fox News this morning. Watch this. We are talking about L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl. We got several tips from sources within the restaurant industry about this, and they were less than pleased, citing more of that elected official hypocrisy, a little bit of do as I say, not as I do. So let's rewind the clock. You'll remember last Tuesday, L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl voted to ban outdoor dining at all 31,000 restaurants here in L.A. County. And uh, she cited the surge in COVID-19 cases as a reason, saying it was too dangerous. She cited the fact that patrons often eat without any masks on and we'll talk to their servers. She expressed concerns that COVID would spread to those servers and called it, quote, a most dangerous situation. And while it's a tough decision, you got to shut it down. Again, she voted to shut down dining, outdoor dining here in L.A. County. Well, we've learned that just hours after she made those comments and hours after she made that vote, she came right here behind me to Il Forno in Santa Monica. It's a restaurant she describes as one of her favorite, and she ate outdoors here. So... A few hours before, she said it was too dangerous. A few hours later, evidently not dangerous enough to squeeze it in one more night before the ban went into effect on Wednesday. So we did get a statement from her staff tonight. We want to pull that up right now. It reads in part, quote, um, she did dine at El Fre- she did di- she did dine Al Fresco at Il Forno on the very last day it was permissible. She loves Il Forno, has been saddened to see it, like so many restaurants, suffer from a decline in revenue. She ate there, taking appropriate precautions, and sadly will not dine there again until our public health orders permit. Huh. Hmm. A lot of people are mad at that. Outraged. Hmm. I want you to see this tweet. This is from Andrew Bostom. He's an epidemiologist at Brown University. And if you're looking for a good follow on, uh, imagine if Alex Berenson, who, you know, we, we had him on like the first week he started going viral and he's become like a big media sensation since, right? But uh, if you want to, if, if, imagine if Alex Berenson was an Ivy League PhD epidemiologist, and that's who Andrew Bostom is. Yeah, okay, that's perfect. Is that a good analogy? Yeah. All right. Look at this tweet he put out this morning. Only four hospitals in the whole of England are busier now than last winter. Four. 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 Hospitals. Busier now in all of the UK. Than they were last winter. Look at these. Look at these graphics and these cool charts that he put out. All this data isn't that pretty? Easy to read. E- yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, easy to read. Digestible, understandable. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you're watching on Blaze TV, I don't have to explain this to you. You can just look and tell that Boris Johnson is uh, mentally ill. The Prime Minister there, right? Yeah. He keeps up with these. Though. Sure. Keeps up with these stupid lockdowns and mitigation strategies. Even though, how many hospitals was it? Four. Four. 
Are there more than four hospitals in the entire UK, do you think? or Considerably more, could I would say. Could there be at least seven or eight? At least. Thousand? Yes. Maybe? Yeah. Man, that kind of... That hypocrisy from that L.A. County health official. Closing your business down. Taking your favorite restaurant away. She makes sure she gets hers in, right? Yeah. That's got to make you mad, doesn't it? That's got to make your blood boil. Why? Why? You surrendered your entire city to these people. You did this of your own volition. You surrendered your state to these people for decades and then allowed them to use your surrender as a launching point for them to export their pagan filth to the rest of the damn country. Why are you upset? You voted for this, plebe. You want it. You can't get enough of it. This is the fulfillment of everything you voted for. Own that poop. The worker is worth his hire. And you toiled many years at the ballot box to ensure that this moment would one day arrive. And it is here and it is glorious. So shut your hole and know your role, plebe, and kneel before Zod. You don't deserve the title of American. You don't deserve the title of California. You deserve the title of serf because you've earned your station. You acquired it with great effort. Shut your business down, keep your kids at home, and shut your surf mouths. Own it. Enjoy it. Marinate in it. Dive in headfirst. Swallow it all down to the last drop. Leave not a morsel undigested. But Steve, some of you will say, I live here and I didn't vote for these people. So? Maybe. Just maybe. I mean, are the streets of Los Angeles filled here today? Streets of Los Angeles County or any county in California for that matter. Places even where Trump won. Are the place of the streets of California anywhere you can think of? Are they full of angry people today demanding justice? Oh, no. Demanding that their elected officials would live by the same edicts that they impose on them. Is there a single county 
Is there a single city, a single block of real estate anywhere in California today where people maybe, just maybe, could muster up maybe a scintilla of the outrage that was shown because a felon with a drug habit who once put a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach got choked out by a cop. Maybe a scintilla of it, maybe once, somewhere in the vast corridors of California, could there have been somewhere other than your email to the Steve Day Show or anywhere else in conservative media, somewhere else maybe, where your outrage might have been duly noted. No? Then you too are fake news. Your outrage, your anger, your patriotism, whatever you want to call it, is the biggest fake news of the year. Because we are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. And you have bowed to this will. So bow again. Make haste to Los Angeles County, no matter where you live, in the graveyard known as California. Make haste and make alms. Make your hajj to your Lord. Bow at her feet. Come, let us adore her. She is your moon and stars. You have no outrage? None. It's too bad she doesn't have a drug habit and didn't put a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach once. Maybe then, someone perhaps could have shown a little outrage. But no. You'll blog. Of course, they'll take that away from you, too. But your complaints will be filed in the circular file right next to your votes. Let us not kid ourselves what the fake news is here. It is us. We're fake news. We will tolerate it and put up with it and then some and then some. And some of you that are angry with me right now, and some of you that are cheering me on right now, in fact, cheering me on, and angry as hell at what governors like Brian Kemp and Doug Ducey are doing to this presidential election, you'll be the first ones to line up and email me in two years and tell me, but Steve, we got to vote for these Republicans to save America again, again. So your outrage is fake. Your disdain is fake. Oh, but your worship is very real. Very real. Choose ye this day whom you will serve and you have chosen. 
so you will be served. Hypocrisy like that over and over and over again. I have, I give zero F's and have even less empathy. And in fact, I hope more California politicians do this to you over and over again. Because then maybe, just maybe, maybe, maybe somewhere a Robin Hood will emerge within Nottingham. Maybe. Maybe. Those of you that voted for this, you voted for your freedom to be taken away. Don't complain. Bow. And those of you that didn't vote for it, do what you always do. Put your head down, quietly shuffle away. Keep your mouth shut, just like you do at your office's fake diversity training. That's really pagan indoctrination and evangelism. Keep your mouth shut and then fire off some email missive to me where we'll end with the line, but don't use my name. I could lose my job. Keep on keeping on. And then England? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be outraged because the UK is still on how many months of shutdowns and only four hospitals have more people than they had at this time last winter? Why? Why should I care about the people of the UK's freedom more than they do? I don't. <laughs> I don't. In fact, I think it's funny as hell because hell's exactly where this is all coming from. Now, it's kind of funny too when you think about it. You all voted for Brexit and then turned around and said, but we will bow to the Branch Covidian cult. I can't help you. What do you do with that society? What do you do with a society that turns around after Brexit and then says, you know what? Even the BBC is telling us every night there's no point to these lockdowns, but we'll just keep complying with them. Why'd you guys vote for Brexit then? Should have stayed in the EU and at least had them write your debt off. That seems kind of dumb, right? That's like the guy who scores his all-time high school sweetheart and she says yes to be married. And it's a year-long engagement and he's chased the entire time waiting to finally land the woman of his dreams. And then the night before the wedding, he's, he's held out all this time. He has been restrained all this time. And then the night before the wedding, he's like, you know what, man? This $2 hooker down the street with the rolled-up pack of Newport Lights looks good. Let me cash in with her. $5, you holler. And then wonders why the next day at the wedding, she doesn't show up. That's kind of a stupid decision, right? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that what they're doing in the UK? Yes. Vote for Brexit, but surrender to the Branch Covidian cult. Why did you do that? No, I'm not helping you. You gotta help. You can't help yourselves. Now show a little fight, man. I'm I'm there. Show any fight, I'm there. But but I I can't instill that in you. I can't. And 
This is what it means, a republic, if you can keep it. Because it's a hell of a lot easier to give it away. So mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fakest news of all? Thou art the man, sir. The mirror says back. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Well, we've talked about it on the show before that the uh, economy, the from the Greek and the root word of economia, it, it has to do with household. And Steve, what you described with Republicans in the first part of the show, and now with those who might consider themselves to be patriots but simply don't know what to do about that, the, the, you you keep basically through your your actions allowing the government to just walk into your home through these lockdowns. And Steve's used the analogy before of the uh, the husband who walks home and finds a man sleeping with his wife uh, is, is kind of shocked, doesn't know what to do about it, and then the the guy, uh, the other guy, it just understands that he owns this guy, goes down, gets a beer out of his fridge, turns the TV on, and yeah. that's what's going on by you standing by and watching nothing as your country is raped and pillaged. It's it, it's nothing short of that. They don't. The bullies do not understand anything. Other than the bloodied nose. It's it's why I relate to you my own personal stories. I'm not that smart. I'm not that strong. But those who have tried to come up to me in my own backyard with the school district battles I've told you about, they've arbitrarily tried to hurt me. I've, through justice, hurt them tenfold more. And they know it now. I, I am the captain. You, you, if you do not impress that upon those bullies... They will take everything from you. It's a promise written in blood. Your blood, by the way. What could a judge decree or do or say that you would say no to? This oh, is a common a question, question to ask, yeah. that, um, that, that we've asked on this show that you've asked for years, Steve, of people who, quite frankly, have made an idol and an idol out of the judicial process in this country. An idol out of not capital L law, but the law. Who have made, uh, who have made uh, an idol to this. The common example that I think of is when we had Noah Rothman on of Commentary Magazine. Can't remember even what the, the specific issue was. You pressed him and pressed him and pressed him. What is something that the judiciary could decree that some some judge from the 666th District of Babylon could decree that you would say no to? Now we're finding ourselves, I'm finding myself asking the question... What could your local dog catcher decree <laughs> that a business owner would say no to? <laughs> yes. We're a long ways from those. Those seem like fun conversations now in retrospect. Judicial supremacy. How about dog catching? Dog catcher supremacy. A glorified dog catcher. That's what city councilors are, guys. That's what city administrators, county administrators are. They're glorified dog catchers. They're qualified... Uh, as, as much to make decisions about counties as anybody is. Um, what are you going to say no to? Mayors? <laughs> what are you going to say no to? 
What are we going to say no to? We've said yes. We've complained a lot. Said yes to basically everything. Except for in Florida. I wish I was kind of there right now. It's 10 degrees here. Could be in Florida out on the beach not wearing a mask. But um, the answer is at the very best. Uh, but not a no. Uh, is not the same as no. Yep. yep. How do you think these leftists took over all these institutions, guys? They demanded it. Did they like win an award, win a vote? They, they, they did it. Because they understood that we're not a nation of laws and we never have been. We're a nation of political will and we always will be. So if you want to know when all this is going to end, when you have the political will to end it and not a nanosecond sooner. So if I would have come on here last December for my Patriot Supply, if they had signed on a year ago for the show, and if I would have said, hey guys, come on, man, we got a deal right now, my Patriot Supply, get a month's worth of of toilet paper, got to have some TP, right? Uh, So you never know when you'll wake up one day and you can't go to the store and buy toilet paper. You guys would have told me, Steve, I'd... I don't think that's a good pitch for our show. That's ridiculous. Alex Jones called and said, have some perspective, right? Right. This, this isn't Haiti. Yes. Mm. Yes. March 11th much. Then March 11th happened, right? And then it became like a thing on social media to go online and report for the next couple of months where you could actually find toilet paper. And then you would go to the stores even after it came back and it was being rationed, right? They were telling you how much you could actually buy. So with that in mind, this shouldn't sound nuts now because the next time it might be TP, it might not be the TP for the bunghole uh, there, Beavis. Next time it might be um, water, food. And that's where my Patriot supply comes in. Save $100 off a full four-week supply of nutritious meals. That's 2,000 calories a day for if and when... That unfortunate moment should occur. You know you've got peace of mind that you are prepared for you and your loved ones, all right? Save $100 right now when you go to uh, preparewithdace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Preparewithdace.com. Save $100. Make sure you've got reinforcements just in case the next that's never going to happen happens. Preparewithdace.com. Again, preparewithdace.com. So let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. And this is a regular segment on the show. It's been put off for a couple of weeks with the vacation and what's been going on with the election and everything else. But we figured, given the uh, the great disturbance in the pop culture force that occurred over the weekend, we had to bring the segment back this week. This is when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And Aaron probably hasn't seen this movie and is too young. But I know, dude... You remember Necessary Roughness with Scott Bakula, don't you? Of course. That movie, that that movie's laugh out loud funny. It's a samurai guy. It's fantastic. Who just starts doing the karate moves and stuff out there at linebacker and doesn't, because he doesn't want to play football, right? Yeah. That stuff is just laugh out loud funny. That, that entire movie is funny. 
Oh, it has its own Rudy moment too. Yes. And at the end of the game yes. where Bacula has been just getting knocked around all the, right. and, and, and finally the lineman that he's close to in the huddle before the break says, he's never going to touch you. Tear comes down my cheek. Yes. The, yes. Bacula's like some 35 year old dude who comes back to college with like a year smoking cigarettes with like a year of, uh, whoops, with like a year of, um, of eligibility left. Sinbad's in that movie, right? Oh yes. Aaron, you've never seen this movie, have you? I have not. It, you, Dude, you would love this movie. Okay, you've got to see it. It's called Necessary Roughness. It's about a school, and I don't I don't know if they based it off of North Texas, but it's, it's, it's got the same colors, everything like North Texas does, okay? But it's about a downtrodden football program that's on its last legs, and it's, it's down to a complete menagerie of miscreants trying to salvage their season, okay? And... The last decision they make is they don't have a kicker. And so they go over to the soccer field and Kathy Ireland, the great model, this is when she was turned pro-life activist. This is when she was kind of at her and her and uh, Cindy Crawford, right? Who was the most power and Claudia Schiffer, who were the three biggest models of that era with probably those three names, probably. Elle right? McPherson, you got it. It's in there too. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. You're right. Okay. Um, and Kathy Ireland plays the hot chick on it's the soccer team, right? And they try her out and decide to bring her out as a kicker, right? Correct. Yeah. And and that's like one of the big applause moments of the movie is when she hits the big kick, right? Okay. This happened in real life, kinda, over the weekend. All right, so Vanderbilt University, which maybe not coincidentally fired his coach the next day. <laughs> I don't know if it, that's just, that's an off, that's, it's odd that they had, maybe they already had it in the works. I don't know, but Vanderbilt University. Oh, it was in the works at the end of the year. Yeah. But here, this is the SEC. In the Big Ten, I'm sure they could, tell me they're like, good old boys just, oh, hell no. So Vanderbilt University is uh, in the midst of losing to Missouri which has a first-year coach and all kinds of COVID issues. It's in the midst of losing 41 to nothing to them. It's halftime of that game. And a, a big deal was made that their, all their kickers were out with COVID, I believe. And so they went over to their national championship soccer program, and they brought a woman over named Sarah Fuller to be the place kicker. And they dressed her for the game, Kathy Ireland, necessary roughness style. And she became officially, I believe, the first... Other teams have done this at, at lower levels, but I think this is the first time in a major conference. They're calling it Power that, Five. Power yeah. Five. This, those are the five most powerful conferences where a woman has dressed in uniform actively on the roster for a college football game. And of course, all the virtue signals came out. Now, I didn't say anything because I thought, oh, maybe the chick can kick. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she can kick. Well, we never got to, got to find out because Vanderbilt's offense didn't score. And so with Vanderbilt kicking off at the half, this was the only way they knew for sure that they were going to get her in the game because there was no guarantee that they were going to score, which would call for her to get an extra point. They weren't even getting into field goal range in the game. So the only way that they knew for sure she was going to get in the game, and what, what kind of message does that send to your team, by the way, by your coach? Hey, we'll bring her in to do this right now because I don't think you guys are scoring today. They bring her in to do the kickoff for the opening of the second half. And there is a ton of anticipation for this. Except it ends up being like a squib kick. 
meaning, you know, this isn't where they kick it out of the end zone for a touchback. She just kind of squibs it to bounce it. And Missouri ends up getting the ball with really good field position at the 40-yard line because script kicks don't go very far. Well, this immediately gets celebrated as uh, Billy Jean King beating Bobby Riggs, which I, that's another one I don't understand. Bobby Riggs was like 65 at the time, right? He was pretty old. And, and doing about, what was he, nine-pack-a-day smoker at those back in those days? And he loses to the number one women's player in the world in the prime of her career. Can someone tell me why this is striking a blow for feminism that there was actually doubt the number one ranked women's player in the world was going to lose to a guy five minutes from a walker or an iron lung. Do you know? Because that was before I was alive. So do you know Do you know why that was some big moment striking a blow for feminism? No. That, that there was actually doubt that you could not beat this guy who's in a, you know, with a fake hip? No. Okay. Well, this is another great uh, moment. Same people, by the way, that want to tell you gender is just a social construct and is fluid and is irrelevant, right? Yeah, and I think it's clear okay. we, we should not be assuming the gender of the Vanderbilt football right. team. Because, Thank you, Todd. Well, there, Yeah, we'll get to more on that in a second. But by the way, if that's the case, then potential women or people that would later on identify as women have been playing college football all along, right? Sure. So, I mean, how many of those uh, vulvas and uteri have we stepped on in order to, in order to beatify Sarah Fuller? Right? Exactly. Okay. That notwithstanding, of course, this becomes, a, and, and, and you must, of course, recognize what a great, a great accomplishment this squib kick is. Otherwise, you're a sexist and the worst person that ever lived, which, you know, deters me, not at all. But um, there's more to this story. Now, I don't know if you guys know this part. She actually took it upon herself when the team is getting destroyed at halftime. She took it upon herself to get up and speak to the team and say to them, hey, you guys don't do a good enough job encouraging each other and things like we do on the women's team. Now, have you ever, your girls are great at soccer and cross country. Are they in the softball? No. Okay. You guys follow college softball or anything at all? You guys watch when it comes no. on? Okay. I've covered it professionally in my sports writing career. You ever been to a college softball game? No. All right. Then you may not know this. High school. High okay. level high school. Right, okay. Then, then, you, then it's very similar, just better players. The cheering, the chanting, oh, yeah. the dancing that goes on. There's like a there's like a cheer culture to softball with yeah. women, right? All right. Yeah. Volleyball, too. After yeah. every point, they get and pat, pat each other on the rear and do some College baseball, yeah. do they do that? They do not. No. You know why they don't do that? Because they're not who plays, girls. Because they're not girls. Right. They don't, don't do that because girls and guys are different. Yeah. All right. The last thing you need when you're, a man needs when he's getting his ass kicked is encouragement. It, unless that encouragement is, stop getting your ass kicked or I'll kick it worse. That's the encouragement a man needs in a moment like that, right? Yes. That's right. And she's like giving him a halftime address. And the way she's describing it is very feminine, which is cool because what is she? She's a girl. She's a girl. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and this is being hailed again as some great moment of courage. Hey, let's be honest about this. If that was a male walk-on kicker, that at halftime of his very first game, thought, you know what? Someone really needs to speak to these guys. And it's going to be me. He wasn't there for two a days. He wasn't there for any of the practices. He wasn't there for 5 a.m. lifts in the wintertime in January. None of that. All right. And Sparky Flipboy over there decides, 
you know, I'm feeling frisky in these shoulder pads. Let me jump up and give you guys some what for and what's up. Dude, let me tell you what happens to Sparky. What uh, uh, flip boy. Um, there's a plum. It's not like a Fulton County, Georgia election. The pipes really did burst because they shoved Sparky so far down the toilet. He's halfway through the septic system, right? That's what goes on if that happens. And justice if, would have been served. And, and, and then the team probably actually would have played a great yeah. second half. We okay? needed that. Thank yep. you, Sparky. Thank you. You know, so, so and so you. It's not. What, an, what a plucky message that was. Thank you. It's not an exaggeration okay. to say, though. His life would be in danger. That's exactly right. And and Plucky would know that, which is why, why Plucky, he doesn't do it. Plucky wouldn't do that. Colonel Jessup, uh, I'm calling the code red. Yes. Plucky's like, uh, I don't have enough masks. How bad is COVID? I want to make sure I don't say a word. I want to live. The double standards here are incredible. To watch, yet entirely predictable. And I have nothing against Sarah Fuller. I, 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 she might be a great kicker. We don't know. Maybe she kicks this week when they play or the next game they play. She goes out there and kicks a 45-yard field goal. That matters. I won't be impressed by that, wouldn't you? That's a play that matters. But no, I'm not gathering my daughters together. Guys, because here's the other reason you do a squib kick. You want to know the other reason you do a squib kick? Want me to be real honest? Because how often are squib kicks returned? Never. Almost never, because they're bouncing along the ground, right? Usually, what will a team oh, do? Because they don't go very far. So, usually, what will a team do when there's a squib kick? Just fall Just on fall. It, This right? is the crucial distinction. Yes. And see, what happens when you kick the ball deep? What, what do they tend to do? Unless you can kick it way over their heads, what do they do? They return. They return it. And in the kick return coverage, who's the last line of defense of the, the kick returner? The kicker is. So, who's got to make that tackle? That would be That would be her. Her. Yeah. Wish. See, that's why they squibbed kick it. And don't let anybody tell you any other reason. All right. Sarah Fuller might be a really good field goal kicker. And I'd love the chance to find out. Maybe we'll find out this next game. I don't know that. And if she is, we'll be the, that all she she walks out there, kicks a 45 yard field goal. I'll show my daughters that you probably will too. They're soccer players. I'll show you that. Okay. But don't tell me squib kicking it to protect her from getting hit by the guys is some kind of, 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 of statement of uh, Helen uh, Redding, I am woman, hear me roar. No, that was the most patronizing, condescending, woke move you could have possibly made. Oh, and by the way, Vanderbilt also has a male soccer team. Why weren't they asked to do it? Mm-hmm. Honestly, Mason thought he may have been... That's the been, former football yeah, coach. He thought Vanderbilt. he was going to be protecting his job, I think, by doing this. And in a lot of other conferences, it might have worked. But God bless the SEC. But Steve, you bring up the most salient point. A kickoff is pound for pound one of the most violent. It is the most violent. There's been a lot of, they've they've almost banned it at the NFL level, at the pro level the last few years because more injuries happen on kick and punt returns than any other plays in football by far. It is the essence of the speed, the strength, the courage, the chaos that is football in one play. I mean, there you've heard Randy Moss, like it, it, it as tough as football is that, you know, on a running play receivers taking plays off and things like that. Uh, you, it is light your hair on fire an NFL or a college kickoff. And these are amongst gladiator like men. Mm-hmm. It is the essence of football. The opposite of football 
In fact, it's not even really football. We can, we can nod at it. It's strategic, but it's is the squib kick. It's just a temporary timeout. Where we, we, we don't want to worry about a run back. We're just going to give you the ball. You're going to fall out of it, and then we're going to go back. It's it, She didn't actually play football. It, she just didn't. And the, the gloss that the SEC put on it when they gave her special teams player of the week with that was 30-yard kick. I'm I'm quoting from memory now, but thirty yard kick, or or, or something, sales. They use the word sales thirty yards. No male would be patted on the back for a thirty yard kick in the air, squibbed anything. That's one plus one equals two. Doing the job. That's it. Yet they had to put that ridiculous lipstick on this pig. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know what? No, they're never going to write a headline. That's about, you know, really, really played the girl really played nose tackle with gusto. That's never going to happen. So th- 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 there's no headline that's going to come out of this. That's not going to be a lie because she really didn't play football. I honestly, and I'm a father of four daughters. No, they, they, it was the bearded, it was a bearded lady act. Let's yes, it honest. was. That's what it was. It was a bearded lady act. Aaron, I want to know your thoughts here in just a second. But if you're trying to sell your home in any environment, it can be problematic, but particularly, get ready, in these unprecedented times. Bing. It's been a while we've been behind. you got to mix that in. That's why you want to make sure you go in with a real estate agent that you can trust. Now, where would you find said person? Well, that name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the website for you. This is a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates because they, too, were dealing with agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the promised results when they were needed to at the most. So they set apart to embark on a mission that no one else would have this happen to them like it happened to them. All right, so this is where this comes in. Fully vetted agents with a track record of success, and otherwise, they don't get listed. We can probably find you an agent can trust just about anywhere in the country. There's, I'm sure, some remote outpost that we can't help you. But for the most part, anywhere within civilized society, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, when we come back, For the overtime, which we're going to tape here right after the show, Julie Kelly from American Greatness will join us. You do not want to miss this conversation. The latest on the Trump campaign's battles against voter fraud. We'll get into that with Julie Kelly in the overtime. For the rest of you, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.